वॉट थेरेपी एन ऑल यूर जस्ट बिट लोनली बम्बी पे अकाउंट बना लेना None of us like our jobs, man. It's not a big deal. Others have it worse, yeah. So you shouldn't be complaining. We all go through ups and downs in our lives, but it's what we tell ourselves at our lowest lows that really make or break our psyche. Many months ago, I was at one of the lowest lows in my life, and I found myself struggling with thoughts of failure, thinking of myself as like uh, someone who doesn't have what it takes to succeed, someone who's not smart enough, good enough. um jinxed and before you knew it i was at the point where i realized i need to seek professional help it is through my therapy sessions that i really realized the power of perspective and how to undo and unlearn the kind of things i had been telling myself and rebuild a new way to look at my situations in my life this opening episode is dedicated to all the insights that i had from my therapy sessions and quite frankly feels like it was a revision of my therapy sessions but i couldn't be happier to open my season with my very own counselor nirali bhatia hello nirali finally to slow down with aastha and uh, i feel like we've come on a long journey because i remember in our therapy sessions i spoke about this as an idea and now uh, here you are as a guest on the show how does it feel thank you so much aastha and i must say that i'm really proud of you that you went for it thank and it's, you it's, it's really nice and a big thanks once again for inviting me over here and being so open to share your own journey so thank you all thanks to you thank you you know your therapy se- with it, the therapy sessions that we had i think there were so many basic and fundamental realizations that i had about life and about uh, the way i was thinking of things but before i get into that i actually want to acknowledge the point of therapy itself because people run away from it or people think of it as something that you know you're it's like talking to a friend and you know what's the big deal or they think of it ki acha bhai only if you have like a really serious problem in life and you're depressed or you're anxious or you have you know these uh, severe mental health disorder you need it you don't need it otherwise why do people have this perception of therapy we are in 2023 and the question still prevails people still do not understand unfortunately uh, in india it's still a very very big stigma the moment you say that i'm going for therapy and and it happens to me so often like recently one of my clients who happens to be a very uh, young person in his early 20s is like okay just one request uh, i don't i have not informed my parents and i don't wish to so i asked him any specific reason and he's like yeah well, last time when i mentioned to my mother that i want to go and consult a therapist my mom's reaction was like are you mad if you go over there they will pronounce you mad so you know this is the kind of stigma this is the kind of understanding that people by and large have there are very few who even realize the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist or a therapist or a psychologist most of the times therapy is about allowing our clients to share their feelings their emotions their thoughts so generally people feel that you know i just have to talk so i can talk to a friend it's never been part of our education system for people to know what exactly therapy is like right from childhood we have been told that if there is any problem with any of the body organ 
there are specialized uh, professionals called doctors we visit them so it's very well accepted but we never had this dialogue that if you feel not confident if you feel you need some clarity in life if you feel that something's bothering you and you want a holistic opinion you want someone to be non-judgmental you need to approach a professional we've never had this kind of dialogue it's 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 still stigmatized to people being uh, of not right mind and in fact therapy is much more than just working with people with mental disorders disorders is something while mental health is a completely different thing so firstly we need to go to understand the difference between uh, disorders and health it's the word mental that is the root cause is there an aspect also where sometimes people forget uh, people don't recognize themselves that they need help where for instance i remember when deepika padukone was talking about um, how she decided to take help but it was actually she did recognize that there is something going wrong in her life and she's not feeling good about life but it's her mother who noticed and said you know what i'm telling you as a third person i'm looking at you this is not who you are you need help right now i think even in my case i knew things were really off and i knew i was not feeling okay mentally emotionally but i couldn't figure it out and it's my parents who kind of said you know what asta this is not you you need help right now you know go to a professional so is there that element where sometimes we don't realize until the person or the people living around us say you know something's up this is not you uh yes it's it's very very common for us to not realize because we constantly trying to figure out it's it's just a feeling that okay today i'm not feeling all right and you know right from childhood very specifically indian upbringing is all about first try to figure out your own problems or you know as a child also if you notice if the child comes and says that mom i'm not in the mood i'm not feeling okay or something our first reaction to him is oh nothing go watch a movie go play with your friends and you will be all right we've never we've never developed that kind of insight that okay this also could be a health related concern or something so individually it's it's at times challenging for us to also realize do i need help it's always about okay i'll try and figure out i'll push it off uh, after a point you get tired you may just sleep it off etc it's only when others start telling you is where you actually think from that perspective so it's very common but if we have to change this we have to change it right from you know the childhood where we keep on making them aware and addressing it as like if a child comes and tells you that oh I, my stomach is paining we don't tell them that oh nothing nothing it's it's maybe you must have just uh, you know you're just feeling it uh, and go play and it will be all right no we'll ask what happened where is it paining etc the similar response if we give to people being able to identify their own feelings emotions which are okay which are not okay when are they being prolonged when is it uh, you know ongoing uh, situation then things can change and then we can proactively uh, realize that okay i need help and i'm seeing this change in the gen z and i'm really very very happy about it at this young kids you know class 8 9 10 they are not shying away from consulting a professional they use technology they will book a session online themselves and they will talk about it even if it is as trivial as that i'm really hurt by something that my friend said and i'm not able to overcome 
which could be a starting point. So we are seeing that the change is coming. It's a little bit of parental ring, parenting role where parents are also upgrading themselves. They are realizing the signification, significance of you know um, talking to children about you know and addressing their emotional issues as health problems. Plus, also the awareness that is happening around us. Thankfully, that was uh, one positive outcome from COVID where people started talking about mental health. Nirali, in my case, I feel, and there are a lot of people like me, where I always thought of myself as someone who's very emotionally self-aware. Okay, Whatever it was in life, I would always ask myself, why am I feeling like this? Why has this made me happy? Why has that made me sad? So very often I felt like I know what's going wrong. I know, uh, you know, I, I do journal, so I write a lot and I get very deep into my feelings. And yet I was stuck because I couldn't tell, like in spite of intellectually knowing what is making me happy, sad, angry, upset, lost, I was not able to still get to the depth of it, which is when, uh, which is where you coached me, of course, into coming out of that space. Now, uh, before I get into talking about that, um, what is your advice to people who are in that space? You know, we all sometimes say, Ari, I know what's going wrong yeah, in my life. You know, I don't really need uh, someone to tell me and all. But actually, there's like therapy goes so much deeper. Like I understood aspects of myself that I never thought of earlier. And you realized and you asked me so many basic things like, Asa, why do you see yourself as a failure? What is your definition of success? And I was blank. So about the power of perspective as well. Why do we need our own perspective on these big definitions that we have about life, like success and failure and all of these things? So you brought out a very, very significant point that many of us are aware that this is what I'm going through. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I can identify that I am changing or, you know, this is the reason why this, uh, why am I feeling like this or so. But the question is, are we ready to work on it? That's where the first change happens. A lot of times you would be in that situation for a very long time. And then there would be that one day when you're mentally ready that I want to bring that change. And it's, it's very typical in so many areas of life. Maybe you're at work. Every day you go there and you know that you're unhappy but you're not ready to change. You're not ready to act on it. So you continue that pattern. And this continues even over here. Also, a lot of times people who are you know, intellectually uh, able to internalize, look within and all, will also go a level deeper like you and understand that, you know, why, why is it happening to me? Uh, where am I going wrong or something? But the way our mind functions, what we lack without therapy is the objective. So you get into a dialogue with yourself, but it goes into a loop because there is no external uh, you know, objective set to it. In therapy, we have, there is always a goal. There's always an objective set that today, what are we going to achieve? And that's where our questions, which help you, you know, probe into the right direction, is what navigates your thoughts, which were already activated in some cases, who you know, who are emotionally uh, at a higher quotient to be able to internalize things, to be able to logically reason themselves and their feelings as well. But it still needs a direction 
it still needs a you know an objective set to it to be asking the right question at the right time the second part of your question that you asked that why is it important uh, to have my own perspective so it's a very simple answer it's about you right in in a psychological world most of the feelings emotions everything is subjective what is good for you is not universal good right it may not be good for somebody else so it is about you if this particular belief of yours or of this particular thought of yours is creating challenge in your life is creating problem it is not letting you go ahead it's about you it needs to change and that change can come only from you we can facilitate but i cannot implant and you know give you a new uh, that okay fine you change your old belief and you come to new one you have to first identify and what it means to me then only you can be at a level where you realize ki okay this is faulty it's not appropriate it's not working and now i need to change that's where uh you know it's very important to have this idea about what exactly is my idea and these are such basic questions that we fail to ask unless we are poked about it i mean if you talk about money money is a very basic ingredient in our life have we ever given it a thought that what's my idea of money correct we usually talk what's general what's around us but inherently we will also have our relationship with money which would be very different our idea of money which could be very different and subjective to what is our life our value systems our belief systems so that perspective is very important for us to you know be aware about you know when i came to you of course i was dealing with fear of failure seeing myself as a failure i was completely lost i was feeling like a victim of life i was mentally burnt out and completely broken down and um, very often i think hustle culture has made us in a way where you feel that no matter what you do it's not enough that person is doing 10 times more so unless i sleep in the night feeling like i've completely like mentally burnt myself out i've not had a productive day and i was becoming that person for a long time you know um also to the point where even if i stepped out for a film with my friends at the back of my head i'd be thinking are i could have finished two more things from my to do list you know you knew how i was in that sense a lot of this when i narrowed it down with you was because i had this strange visual in my head of a successful woman is someone who doesn't have the time for people doesn't have a personal life she sleeps feeling exhausted and and i don't even realize when that became a, something that i was imitating in my own life you know and then i reached complete burnout is this something that you're seeing with a lot of people now in relation to mental breakdown and exhaustion and burnout totally the burnouts and uh, you know exertion has increased thanks to our exposure to social media where everything's perfect things have become much more measurable initially if you say that hey i'm successful we were more accepting of each one's definition of success and that's how it is supposed to be right you may have wealth of the world and you may still be unhappy and you may still feel that you have a long way to go and so because there is no right and wrong it's not like your success ends over here 
But what this entire social media culture has done is that it has put a matrix to this, you know, if I have X number of followers, if I have X number of likes. So this has increased that pressure of being perfect, of, you know, hustling all the time. Uh, while you may be a real life hero, but if virtually you're not, then there is a problem. And that is challenging your real life persona as well. It is very, very slow, subtle and inherent that many a times we lack to understand that until yesterday I was confident what's changed today. So this is like a very simple example for you to realize that how unknowingly we are moving to a world or in fact we have already moved to a world where uh, in our psychological terms we call it as locus of control which usually is internal where my confidence lies is now becoming an external, the validation that we seek from outside, which is what is adding to these faulty beliefs. See, we all grow up uh, making our value systems and beliefs from our surroundings. If you grow up in a family where both your parents are working, you always believe that the families are run where two people contribute equally in you know, domestic chores as well as earning money. If you grew up in a family where mother's a homemaker and you know man of the house is the father who's earning, you may have those kind of beliefs. But with education, with travel, with exposure, we broaden our belief systems. Earlier, India used to have one man as the bread earner. Now India has two people. It became accepted when we started traveling. We started seeing that, okay, across the globe, even women are equally contributing, etc., now all of this is coming to us too early. It's not allowing us time to change our value systems and that's what's creating stress. Initially, our idea of glamour was celebrities. Today, it has changed. But it has changed too fast for us to accept, acknowledge, find our place. And that's all also adding to reforming all these faulty beliefs and getting pressurized by them. Right? Nirali, we spoke of external validation and the locus of control. And I feel it's very dangerous because keeping your personal life aside, this, this need for uh, external validation has gone even into professional lives. Like today, Instagram is, even if you're a, in a service industry, it's all about the service that you're providing has to have a huge Instagram following, you know. So at what point when you're living in a world where even your work or your sense of worthiness, which you get from your work depends on someone else liking your product or your service, how do you then you know, keep things in your control and still make sure that at the end of the day, your metric of seeing yourself is not your Instagram following. It's now a very, very challenging situation because it's become too integral part of particularly youth, I would say. Uh, it's not like while I'm, whatever I'm doing offline, I'm doing, and this is an added advantage. People from my generation, we look at it that way. Like, I don't miss out if I'm not putting the great work that I'm doing all on the Instagram or so, because I'm too busy doing in the real world. And I come from that generation where this is now a new add-on. But if you look at the youth today, it is an integral part of their life. So it's it's very difficult. What can help over here is, to strike out a good balance, to keep realistic goals. If you are in a career 
which requires you to have an online presence which is going to be very very critical to your business then you can have that kind of validation uh, set over there that yes so so for example if you are a youtuber that's also a profession recognized profession now right if you are a youtuber you have to have that validation people have to like my content because it's a critical business metric for them that the more hits you get on your video that's what you're going to earn but if you are in a business or if you're you know doing work that is uh working with real life uh, environment where you're working with real people real different technology then you have to draw a line that how much of validation do you need from your social media and how much do you uh, actually need from your work environment every work has a metrics to you know uh, evaluate your work that's what we call as kra and so we have three different layers already set in place one is that i am confident of doing that i am doing justice that is being honest to myself that yes i put in my best over there then there is my kra which will tell the environment or tell the organization that okay this person has performed for those who wouldn't know what would you say is kra key responsibility areas so every organization uh, will define your role or responsibility when they hire you that this is what is expected from you and they will you know uh, evaluate your performance based on those kras that are defined so that is their matrix now if professionally your work requires you to you know showcase it online and you have a realistic uh, you know expectation out there so you have to draw that balance that how much should be external how much should be internal always remember that the moment you go external for an external validation it's never in your hands because it's subjective whether in real world or in cyber world we have to make sure that it is a realistic expectation that we are letting it be outside and the rest of it is within us which is our which is based on the effort and the honesty with which we tell ourselves it's it's very very personal you would know it that how much of effort have you put in very specifically for students world may have x number and n number of expectation you know the effort that you have put so what's in your control is the effort but the world's going to validate from the outcome which is never 100% in your hands right there could be an error in the paper that are you a failure no it was just bad luck so in just an example to make you realize that what is in your control and what is not and that's how we decide that how much we want to depend on what's not in our control and you know seek validation from those areas so uh, nirali i remember during our therapy sessions you uh, had this very interesting psychological theory if i'm not wrong which you exposed me to about the four personality types uh, the horse the dog the lion and the penguin and i remember when i did the test with you i was very confident that i am either the lion or the horse but it turns out that i am actually a dog <laughs> and um i least expected that but then when you started explaining to me um what do you call it what exactly that what the characteristics of that personality type were i actually realized even in my personal life and socially that i am this kind of a person 
and um, i'd really love for you to explain to our listeners you know from the point of view of today job dissatisfaction is becoming such a huge issue in people's lives so how this understanding can help you a choose a better job that is suited to your personality type and b in your interpersonal relations with understanding what other people's personality type might be sure so see it's very important for all of us to know who we are and uh, these personality types help us understand ourselves better and people around us better while we have multiple theories in our psychology field uh, about different types of personalities but uh, what we have tried to do is you know uh, metaphorically ideate it or relate it to a character which in in a very common way we can understand and associate to and that's where we came up with these four unique uh, animal characters which is the dog the lion the horse and the penguin now to understand each uh, personality difference you have to look at these four characters in their natural habitats so for example when we talk of lion what are the things that come to your mind like it's gracious it is majestic it is the decision maker the leader uh, it always plans and hunts when it's very sure of you know getting a prey so it hunts for kill etc uh, when you look at a uh, dog then the, the the traits that you can very easily relate to is dogs are friendly they are very loving they are loyal caring attention seeking and uh, fond or or they they love to have a master they are very fond of certain people basically they are very very sweet and you know people's people kind of uh, characters then you look at horses horses in their na- natural habitats are very gracious but constantly on the go you'll never find a horse sitting resting it's only when it's extremely tired or it's unwell even horses rest while they are standing they don't lie down or so so what it tells us is that yes very graceful very intelligent animal uh, explorative because it's constantly moving around running around uh, beautifully and the last character stick that we can look into is the penguin if you look at penguins in their natural habitats penguins don't live in isolations they are you know uh, always in the colony of penguins so they are they are with a group of people always they have beautiful organization because they live in very extreme conditions so you know they have systems and processes in place and uh, they they are the ones who we are very uh, non complaining kind of animals who will continue doing the same thing for the rest of their lives now when you understand these characters in their natural habitats you can relate it to the people around us and even to yourself so when i tell you that you know uh, when we did your personality assessment of course in psychological terms we don't use these uh, names or these characters this is for us to understand where uh, and what kind of a person we are when we when we speak about like you're a dog personality what it means is that 
uh, you're a person who can very easily make connections with other people. You love being surrounded by people. You like that kind of attention. You're very caring. You're very kind-hearted. And it can also, you know, with the positives, also you understand your negatives. That dogs get attached very fast. So that's the reason most of the times, uh, you know, they feel that they are being taken for granted or they're being walked over or so. When we know ourselves, our strengths, our weaknesses, we can, you know, identify uh, who we are. So we understand our temperaments better, our communication styles better. And now this can be applied even in the professions that we choose. So classic example of successful PR people, they will most of the times be a dog personality because they'll have all the traits that some uh, you know PR people will require. They have to be charmer, they have to be very easy to connect. Uh, they are going to be easily connecting to other people, uh, very fascinated, full of life, because their job is about that. It's all about people and brands. Similarly, when you look at a lion personality, now, if you're if you're looking in your organization, someone who has you know inherent leadership qualities, someone who will take the lead, someone who is a good planner, uh, who can you know have goals and who is very very determined to achieve those goals, lions are the ones you identify lion traits in a person and you hire that kind of person because they will naturally excel at these kind of roles. When it comes to horses. It's more about, um, you know, creating new things, exploring new things. So they're very good at ideating, innovations. They will innovate new systems, new processes, or even, you know, uh, new businesses. But sustaining, they will require penguin type of people. Because penguins are the ones who can beautifully manage processes who can manage the entire system on a regular basis. So all your administrative work, work that requires very precise routine, uh, very precise system that, okay, you know, A has to lead to B and B has to lead to C and then to D, that kind of work, they are amazing. So this is how these personalities help us. And it's not just in, you know, a professional area or in ourselves. It also very, very beautifully helps in our relationships also, whether it is with our parents, whether it is with our children, or whether it's with our partners. So if you know that you are a dog and if you identify that, you know, your uh, maybe let's say your mom is a lion personality, you know what uh, and how to deal with them. You know that lions are not the one who will love the, the way dogs would want to overwhelmingly cling. Have you seen, have you seen lion being comfortable when you know our cubs or other lionesses are all around them? No, they, they love their own space. So this is how it helps us. So I'll I'll give you an example from my personal life, okay? Uh, when my son was young, he was uh, two and a half years, he had to undergo a nursing, I mean, he had to undergo dental surgery because of nursing DK. And from there on, we were, uh, you know, advised to be very, very particular about his uh, regular and intense brushing. Now, as a mother, uh, it, it was very difficult for me to get a three-year-old or a two and a half-year-old to get so disciplined in brushing. I mean, 
even at this age i myself don't enjoy brushing so imagine to expect my son to every day so initially it used to be like okay i have to nag him i have to tell him every day come on riyansh let's brush let's brush and then i realized that what what are the factors that can motivate so knowing that my son has lion traits it helped me understand and make this whole brushing activity uh goal oriented adding new challenges so sometimes i will hide the brush and make it into a game like okay let's see who spots the brush first finishes brushing and comes to the room uh or or you know uh, make it like uh, okay fine i have achieved a target of 1 minute of brushing let me see if you can beat me at that and you know go to 2 minutes or so so it and it became such a beautiful thing that even if i forget he would come and say mom what's the brushing game today so the whole equation changed right the benefit was that our relationship got better and better it wasn't the typical mother nagging and the child neglecting or avoid avoiding and that whole house being on uh, the, the fire that okay he's not brushing and the panic setting in that's how you know a very simple example but it will help you understand that that little understanding of how can i deal with this situation knowing what kind of traits uh, my son has or or any any loved one or anyone close to our you know so our communication the way we treat them the way we understand the temperament it all can change very beautifully if we understand the personality types from this perspective wow thank you so much for that very in depth answer and i think the next thing i need to do is uh, get my parents to do their personality test so i know what personality styles i'm dealing with in the house but uh, that's amazing yeah and that just goes to show i think therapy also i think people come to therapy with a very wrong idea that something has to be like wrong in your life and then you have to come or you have to only be at mental breakdown before you seek therapy but um, i think it helps you in so many ways to just understand yourself better and your way of dealing with people around you and why not do that right it's amazing being a psychologist i think you can like know how to penetrate anyone and anyone's mind all personalities but that's amazing because then therapy is so much deeper it's not it yes it's meant for people with mental health disorders it's also meant for people who maybe they're going through something where they're not understanding or they're feeling a lack of motivation they may not they, there doesn't have to be something majorly going wrong in their lives and also it's meant even i mean i don't think there's anything wrong if someone who doesn't have any issues as such but just wants to understand themselves deeper can also come for therapy right absolutely absolutely so i always believe in saying that not everyone has a mental health condition or a disorder but everybody has a mental health and it is as good as that there are certain areas where therapy helps beautifully which is when you have confusion in life there's a block in life i don't know what next to do when you're at a junction where you're deciding between two things uh when when you do not get a clear path it's it's absolutely all right or as simple as i want to take my life to next level as a human being it's our duty towards ourselves to keep moving to keep growing we cannot be what we were 5 years and we are not going to be either so the therapy helps us get a direction if we don't have one it helps us clear the blocks in our lives it helps us become 
uh, a better person you know uh, in our, in our psychological terms we have maslow's hierarchy pyramid and that's that's like a human life uh, evolution so we rise from our basic needs to another level to another level where the last level or the top of the pyramid is self evolution and that's where our journey should be aimed at now a lot of times many of us get stuck at one of the levels of the pyramid that's where therapy helps when you feel you're stuck in a loop when you feel that life uh, your life is not moving ahead or even if it is moving it's not the pace that you are comfortable with it's it's making you restless or you don't know which direction there could be so many things and it's not only about disorder in fact so many times normally when we ignore these uh, you know uh, periods where we actually needed intervention it becomes a prolonged state which could lead into you know general anxiety disorder or even as severe as a depression while we have lot many other conditions which are uh, you know type a and type b which sometimes are genetically triggered also so those are different uh, segment but otherwise for a common human being it's like you and you have a preventive health checkup it could be as simple as that as well that you have a preventive mental health checkup hmm that's beautiful i like the the fact that you put it like that that everyone has a mental health and i don't think anyone's life is perfect or anyone has all the answers so definitely i mean i, I just wish that people were more open to taking help you know but um since this show is titled slow down with asha and um we encourage people to slow down and think about themselves and their lives and where they're headed what are your three rules for anyone who might be in a space where either they're feeling stuck not motivated or uh, not knowing what to do hesitant towards maybe uh, approaching a therapist or taking therapy what would your advice to them be <laughs> a very very simple advice that give yourself time and prioritize yourself the moment you prioritize yourself you will automatically look out for solutions that will help you a lot of times we end up ignoring our own needs because there is sometimes the conditioning that you know you are being selfish there's sometimes the conditioning that this is all waste of time at the end your role is to make money and provide for the house all that is possible all your duties responsibilities you can do it very well only and only if you are healthy both physically and emotionally in fact most of the physical conditions are either initiated or become extra you know over because of ignored pro or the prolonged emotional state of mind which is what we call it as you know psychosomatic illnesses we've had cases where you know people have come after years of suffering not you know they they would have done everything from a ct scan to mri to diagnose and there's no diagnosis and finally the family doctor would say that look it looks like it's emotional issue why don't you go see a therapist so it's both of them are linked right so the more the have you identify that i am not feeling well i'm feeling weak i need rest 
same way, your mind also needs rest. So give yourself that time and prioritize yourself. These are two advices that will work and help in every situation. Okay, before I let you go, I'm going to trouble you with a quick game. What, 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 what do you mean? So there are sentences which sometimes we are at the receiving end of or we're guilty of saying to people without realizing the impact of it or we're guilty of saying to ourselves without realizing the impact of it. So the first statement that I'm going to say and badass and savage responses are completely accepted. Okay, <laughs> they are encouraged. So I'm going to tell you a sentence and you can tell me your savage, sassy response to this. Okay, so, <laughs> hey, I heard you're going to therapy. Uh, are you depressed or something? Oh, I'm just going to have a chill conversation. <laughs> okay. Now, here's something that we often might say to people, um, which we think is out of love for them. But how can we reframe this consciously? Okay. You just need a vacation, man. Mental burnout to everyone faces. Oh, you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling burnt out. Go talk to someone who is not going to judge you. Open up. Pour your heart out. But we usually end up saying, go have a drink. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so not a lot good of times, at all. even I feel, a lot of times even I feel that I think if the therapy sessions are around the bars, people will be much more open. <laughs> Do you think if you tell your patient, like, meet me for a beer, they'll probably be more open to it? <laughs> Though well, I know that's really uh, unprofessional, but like... Uh... Well, a lot of them have told me that my bartender is my therapist. So, as I'm coming from that place... <laughs> oh, God. And my last statement, something that we say often to ourselves, which we should be careful of, I'm never going to make it in life. It's not about making, it's about living, enjoying. Identify what you love and you'll never be dependent on this statement. And thank you so much. And I think people like you do amazing work and it's not acknowledged enough. I just wish that people really were more open to, you know, going for therapy. Yes, it is changing. Uh, and also, you know, Self-work is not as easy and that's why we rely more on shopping because that's easier <laughs> or, you know, the indulging into a pastry or something. Self-work needs you to be very, very accepting and open to it, which at some point in life, we do reach over there. And I'm so happy that you reached just at the right time. You know, therapy needs you to be mentally prepared to look within. And I, yes, I was trying to tell you, I have friends who complain to me saying uh, things like, you know, um, my therapist gives me a lot of homework to do. Yeah, she gives me exercise. And I'm like, yeah, but if you want to see the change, you're going to like, she's not sitting with a wand and like, going you know, to one session, like your life has changed. And, you know, obviously there's work you have to do. Inner work is not easy at all. So I think a lot of people just don't, they know they need the help. And then when they go and they get the help, they're just like, Arya, who's going to do the exercise she told me to do? Arya, who's going to go and like once a week make the time to go? And that's that's just sad for me because you've come that far to acknowledge you need help and get the help. And then you're like, who's going to do the homework? You know, honestly, it's not a difficult thing. It's It's just a frame of mind. It's as simple as you going to a cellar, right? Going over there is also an effort and sitting there with your nails like this for an hour. <laughs> yeah. 
in fact therapy is much more comfortable because you have a couch yeah yeah <laughs> you can you can chill and relax unlike in the salon where you're just sitting upright yeah yeah that's so it's not it's unless you experience hmm you may not really know what it entails we we do have a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, sometimes glamorization and sometimes really very unhappy experiences shared so hopefully each one of us will find a right person at the right time thank you so much nirali this was a lovely conversation and i'm due for my therapy session soon <laughs> i'll hit you up but i feel like it was so nice to like revisit glimpses of like whatever little i've learned from you thank you asta it was really lovely and i'm so happy for this thank you for making it to the end of this episode if you liked our first episode Please don't forget to follow us on the audio platform of your choice and on Instagram at @slowdownwithastha. If you want to show us a little extra love, you can also leave a review for us via Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I hope to see you next Thursday for yet another episode and an amazingly interesting conversation. Thank you.